a privilege to be with y'all. Uh, Jake is preaching at Grace Chapel Fairview, and um, and I'm I'm up to bat, I guess. <laughs> so um, I, today we're going to be talking about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And if you've been around church long enough, you have heard this story. And I can remember seeing it on a felt board back in the day. Like we've been around it; it's been around. Um, it's really near and dear to, to my heart and, and Dear's heart. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know, we, we were in Africa for about two years serving there. And, um, and this is one of the ones where we would go out into the bush villages and we would act out while they preached this sermon. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to act it out today. I don't know if they'd want that. <laughs> but it would be comical, though, if I did. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's been something close to our hearts and, and man, there's so much in it and it's so meaty and there's so much that we can glean from it. But, um, I'm going to give just, you know, overview of the whole thing today. Um, I was joking with Dara. I'm like, man, this could be like a four part series or something like that. I don't know. There's just so much in here and it, um, I'm really excited to just to break it down with y'all. But if you would, I'm going to pray and then, um, we'll, we'll get going. So. Jesus, we, uh, we thank you. Thank you that you are here and you're in our midst, God, that we don't have to talk about you like you're not in the room. God, I thank you that you care about each and every facet of our lives. God, that you guide us through on a day-to-day basis, Lord. You're very near and you're very involved. Father, I thank you that you're not some far-off distant person, but you care and you love your children. You love us. And God, I just thank you, thank you, thank you that we can be in this place today. We worship you, we glorify you, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. It's going to be on the screen. Um, We're going to camp out in verses 25 through 37, but I'm going to read it for you all. So if you want to follow along, like I said, on the screen or in your Bibles, and we'll get rolling. Um, Okay, and behold, a lawyer stood up. To put him to test to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly, do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. And he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, or denarii, however you pronounce that, um, and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay when I come back. 
Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. So, in once you guys, we're going to camp out um, on verse 27 primarily. Um, we're going to kind of go at this thing in a two-part um, little chunks throughout this morning. Um, so part A of verse 27, it, it says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind. Um, originally that comes from Deuteronomy 6.5, and he, he's bringing it in here, and you're going to find this little chunk of this verse kind of throughout the Gospels. Um, but in part B from Leviticus 19, it says, and your neighbor as yourself. So with those two combined, Matthew puts it in a really good way. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 through 40, it reads like this. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your, love your neighbor as yourself. And right here, so on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So basically everything is hinging on these two things. And in, in this chunk of scripture, we can, we really find the foundation of our life in Christ. That's, this is where we, this is our launching place. Both of these things combined. Um, the, uh, the lady, in, well, it's a husband and wife couple that Dara and I served with down in Mozambique, Heidi Baker, Heidi and Roland Baker. She founded that ministry in Mozambique probably now close to 30 years ago. Um, she's, she's an awesome lady. If you have a chance to get one of her books, she's, she's awesome. Highly recommend it. But a big message that she carries and talks about is stop for the one who is the one and stop for the one in front of you. Um, and, and as we go through this thing, keep that in mind. So stop for the one who is the one and stop for the one who is in front of you. Um, and if you're a visual person, something you can lodge in your head right now is just picture the cross in your mind right now. Um, and you've probably heard this example before, but for the sake of what we're doing, it, I think it applies. So the, the vertical beam we're going we're gonna to look at as love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your soul, with all your strength, and all your mind. So that's vertical, and the horizontal would be love your neighbor as yourself. So vertical is our relationship with God, our time with him, total devotion to him, that vertical beam. And the horizontal is going to be our relationship with everybody else. And you've probably heard that before, but it. It, I've, I read this, I'm like, oh, that really makes sense. It's like, it, it's an easy way to look at it and think about it. Um, so part one of this, we can, you know, do like a mini title. It's total devotion. So part A of this, the vertical part is total devotion. Um, it has to do with, with, with us and the Lord, just by ourselves, one-on-one, total devotion to him. So this is for the part where we're stopping for the one who is the one. So, and, and I'm, I'm going to read it again, but um, where we love the Lord, I'm going to say that a lot because it's just, it's super good. And we sang about love multiple times and putting away our own agendas and being fully devoted to him this morning and just worked out perfect like that, usually does. Um, but uh, so in verse 27, it, what we see, it's, it's not just a command. 
It's an invitation. It is the key and foundation for the rest of our lives, like I said, in Christ. Um, and without the vertical piece, the horizontal would just fall through the ground. Um, so this piece, and I think, and for me, I know that I've rushed past it when I've read this story. I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Samaritan, now we're in the meat of it. Help the dude. He's better. You know, that's it. And, 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 it's, and I've rushed through it a lot in my life. And I think it's because we get so familiar with certain stories that we just, it's, it's, it's easy to get rushed past. But this part, the vertical part, the part where it's that total devotion with us and the Lord, it, it is vital to everything else in the story. Um, and Jesus modeled it perfectly. And really the, the, what I'm reminded of about the invitation part of it, it is a command, but the invitation part reminds me in Song of Solomon in chapter two, verse 10, It says, my beloved speaks and says to me, arise my love, my beautiful one, and come away. That's what I hear that part saying, is is not only a command to love him, but an invitation to come away with him and and, and learn how to be that, have that total devotion, your affections, your everything on him. And that out of that place comes the second part, loving your neighbor. But I I wanna break it down a little bit and, Really, for me and in, in my life, I grew up in the church, and um, I would say that I got saved around like 14, though, uh, in a youth conference in Gatlinburg. Still going on, going strong. Um, but uh, it, it, that's where I came in to really make it my own. And us growing up in the church, it's easier to ride on parents' coattails and just assume you're in. And then I was like, oh, I'm 14. I don't, I don't think I'm in yet. <laughs> like, and so it was just a really sweet moment. But from then on, like, I really just started chasing after the Lord. And, and age 16 was when I was like, okay, Lord, I don't know if I can just have this Sunday, Wednesday routine and do the cakewalk. And I don't know if I can just do this for, for those things. Like what I'm reading in your Bible, like, I want that. I want these things that I'm reading in the gospels. And I, and so I really just got hungry and started chasing after it. And, and, and it's, and I had that picture in my mind a lot about Jesus. Like he sets it perfectly of getting away with, with his father. So he, he goes and he, he's doing everything. And then he goes away and he retreats and he does it again. And he goes away and retreats and he walks with God, his father, like he, he communes with him. And I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take him for his word and, and what he's setting example. And I'm going to give this a shot. My mom's here. You can ask her. Like, I bet she questioned more times than not, like, what is he doing in his room for like three hours? Like, why is he still in there? Um, but I, I really just was hungry and I really wanted what I was reading. And, um, and tr- when, I, when we talk about the points after this, like, I'm not perfect. I'm literally coming from a place of this is, this is, a, this is what happened to me in my life and my experience. And I hope you guys get encouraged um, and inspired and really and, and challenged by the, by the end of all this to really, you know, step in and engage that way. But um, I, would, I would not be here if it wasn't for those moments where I chose to, sat, to sit by myself. And I mean, like it's going from, I got a guitar when I was 16. I played two chords for three years by myself in my room. Like, I'm sure my mom was like, man, 
I don't know if I should get him lessons or not, but, but I, it was just such a sweet time and no one else heard me. No one else was involved. I didn't write these songs down. I didn't write my prayers down. It was literally me sitting and singing my prayers and, and, and focusing on him with everything I'm, I am. And I promise throughout that and praying and like you, there's times that, that it's just me and the Lord that I've, I've really had the most significant experiences in his presence and encountering his love in his heart than I ever have corporately. And, and, and it's just that sweet thing of like me and it's mine and his, like it's, I can't put it into words. Um, I mean, and, and as we go through this, like whatever you guys do and have done, just allow the Lord to be creative with your time with him and to, to practice loving him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Um, it doesn't have to look like 15 minute devotion, this and that, this and that. It's like, it doesn't have to be formulated. May it, maybe it helps you. Maybe you're really like, you love planning and you love organizing and all of that, then that's great. But like for somebody else, they may like fishing a whole lot. <laughs> and like, it may look like sitting on a boat or a side of a lake and fishing and sitting with the Lord or hiking. For me, I was a skater punk kid growing up. I had a longboard and I would just go through these neighborhoods with earphones and worship music in, tears streaming down my face, having this moment with the Lord and I'm going like 20 miles per hour down a hill. Like it really, you know, it it can look like so many different things, but those moments define me. And like, I, you know, it'll get, it's so sweet. It's not just fishing, hiking, camping, skateboarding, you know, whatever you do, it's not just that when you invite the King of Kings into it. And, and it's just this, he gave you those desires anyway. He gave you those wants and those passions and, and what you like to do. So anyway, just when you, go to, when you go to ask the Lord to help you out, to make it something, if you feel stuck, it may feel weird. If you've not done it before, it's simply just going and say, Holy Spirit, come and you wait. And, and really, if you leave it, um, I was joking with Dara, I, I was like, if you, if you, leave that moment and you don't feel like anything happened, which I have done multiple times of like pressing in and sitting and waiting. I'm like, okay, okay. Like (laughs) it's, but, and then I go and I'm like, I don't know really what happened, but like the Bible says those who wait on the Lord renews their strength. So it's a win-win really. Um, So anyway, I, I hope that encourages you, but it's coming out of a place of it's, it turns into a place of intimacy and friendship. And the important thing is the overflow that happens when we give our total devotion to him. So, and again, just to note, like there's different seasons of life. So back then, obviously I was single without kids. It looks different now. I've got two kids married, you know, it, time and schedule looks different. Seasons of life looks different. You may have an hour, you may have five minutes. Like, Heidi Baker was, is probably one of the busiest people that I know, but the important thing that I know is that I've seen her do her life. She's not in a hurry, even in the busyness. So it's like eliminating hurry. You've, talk, you've heard Jake talk about it. Um, there's a book that just came out recently about it, um, the eliminating hurry. Um, but she, she, you know, Heidi Baker, she would just say like, I only have five minutes here and there. And like, she just gets on her face for five minutes. And then the Lord can work with that. Like he, he's not confined to our time. So, um, you know, try for longer if you've got it, but if you truly only have five minutes, like just engage with him at work and in your, in your day to day, he'll meet you there. 
no matter the time frame. But just as we try and we ask and we wait and we receive what he has for us. Um, so in this, there's, I want to talk about four different things and there's so much to pack in in this time. But um, the four, first thing, if, you, if you're making notes, um, and this is stuff that I've found in my life, but I believe in scripture, it's true. Um, and I know it to be true to mine, to my life. So the first part that we'll start at talking about is with all of your heart. So emotions, reason, will, the immaterial part of you, loving him with all of your heart. And so with that, I wanna partner with the word adoration. So when you're, when you're pressing in and it's just you and him and you're, and you're putting, you're loving him with all of your heart and you're wondering like, how do I do that? Like start with putting your affections and your attention and everything on him and you adore him. You, you read his word, you find out who he is and you get to know what he likes and you get to know how he sounds and you just adore him. You put your love and your heart towards him. So adoration, it goes along with loving him with all of your heart. The second is going to be an immaterial thing as well, but loving him with all of your soul. So I, I read that. And I'm like, man, I, I wonder. And I, I pondered on that, I sat on it. It's just, it's the core of you. It's again, that immaterial, but it's the breath in you. The breath that he breathed, the breath that he breathed in the garden into dust that, that's it, the, your inner being, who you are, your makeup inside, loving him with all of your soul. And with that, I want to partner the word with worship. So, you know, worship looks like a lot of different things. And, but I'm, you know, I'm specifically talking about the times where we worship him in the secret place, in that one-to-one where we are changed, where our soul is, we are loving him with all of our soul, our core, nobody else around, and we worship. You know, David, the psalmist, he, 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 he gave us that picture of doing that. And, and, and as we worship with our soul, we are changed. And, and so remember, with, with loving him with all your soul, to me and what have I, I've experienced, what I think scripture points to is worship. The third part, and you might look at me kind of weird when I say this, but um, so in the part with loving him with all of your strength goes with the word posture and humbling yourself. You know, strength is that body, the ability, the power, like the, uh, like the strength, what you have. When you choose to, in that time with the Lord, that one-on-one time, when you choose to humble yourself and with your body, posture yourself in a certain way, using your, you know, we're triune beings. So scripture says body, soul, and spirit. Like when we do that in the physical and we learn to posture ourselves and ask the Lord, how, how do I better connect with your presence, Jesus? What do I need to do? And, and, and if you always approach it just, you know, as a lounge chair approach, like, you know, it, I did that myself. And then I, when I asked the Lord to help me and posture myself, it really does change and you'll feel the difference. You might, you might feel silly. I felt silly when I first started like asking the Lord. But like when I thought, when I read through scripture, I see David dancing like unashamed in the streets Uh, and he didn't care who was looking at him. Like, but, but he was posturing himself in this devoted worship that he didn't, he was full. It was him and the Lord. And then I read about Elijah on Mount Carmel when he's bowing down and the scripture says that his head is in between his knees 
and he's interceding and he's in the trenches, like pouring himself out. And then, like I mentioned before, we see Jesus going into the garden and getting away with the Lord and, and with his father and walking with him. And we see him bowing in Gethsemane, like uh, he sweats blood. Like, I mean, not that he's trying to sweat blood, probably not, but it's, it's his posture. It's his strength. It's his ability. And then we see Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Like all of those postures matter. And, it, and I promise it changes things. And it changed things for me. Um, you know, I, it, it's going to feel silly. But when, when you experience God in that way, when you choose to humble yourself, I mean, I, just try it and tell me what you think because I know he's going to show up. Um, so strength, posture, humbling yourself. And then um, the last point on this is loving him with all of your mind. And so with that, I'd say, be still and know. Um, Psalm 46, verse 10 says, be still and know. We've, we've heard of that before, most likely. But it's our thoughts, it's our decisions, it's our cognitive, it's our, our mind. And that we sang it today and, 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 and Alex prayed for it, that we are not, our minds would be renewed, that we'd be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's Romans 12 too. So, I mean, it, in his presence, in, in it's saying, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. As we think about these things, like the transformation, we will be renewed and, and the scripture lays out how do we go with our thought life. Um, I've, I've experienced trying to minister and love my neighbor when I'm dry. And I don't know if you guys have, but frankly, it, it's terrible. <laughs> and, you know, when you're coming out of a place of picking up my bootstraps and like plowing into it and striving and trying and, and, and you're just like crippling, like as you walk, it's, 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 it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And that's why this first part is so important. And, and, I've rushed past it, like I said, but we can't. We've got to grasp this loving the Lord with all of us, with our total devotion. Um, you know, I've, I've met people that are, that are and have been burnt out, and, it, and it's just, and, and when I've done it myself in choosing to push through, and even when I'm dry, and, I, and I'm not saying the Lord doesn't honor it. I'm not saying that that ministry was not used. I mean, we, the scripture says he used a donkey to get his point across. Like he's going to use it and he's going to bless it. Like he's not upset with you by any means, but he's just longing. He's there waiting and he's jealous for you and your love, your affection, your attention, your strength, your mind. Like he's there waiting. And, and when you minister out of a place of intimacy, friendship and overflow, everything changes everything changes. When you invite him into the process to love your neighbor, everything changes. And so that kind of wraps up the first part. So how are we doing? We doing good? I know there's a lot to this, but um, yeah. So part two, it's, that's going to be loving your neighbor. It's that horizontal part. And the cross the way we look at it, it's not separate. It's together. It's this piece of vertical and horizontal. The horizontal can't go without the vertical either, vice versa. You know, it, 
if you just try to have the horizontal and and not the the um, you know your affection to the Lord that one on one relationship, it's or well sorry no if we just have the vertical sorry if we just have that then we're going to get into a situation where like you know faith without works is dead and that that's a whole other sermon but we get spiritually lazy and lethargic and you know spiritually fat if you will like we're just just we're not giving out what we're taking in and and that's where the horizontal has to come into play they're not meant to be separate they're meant to go together so this is that part of stopping for the one in front of you as we get to talk about loving your neighbor as yourself not rushing past it but i think uh, i know i have before but as we break this down as yourself is is really key in that and before we can effectively effectively love others we have to come to a place where we can love ourselves and i just want to take a moment to say I, and i've experienced this but self-hatred is real and i just want to take a second to acknowledge that and the enemy wants to rip us off completely of this we were fashioned and made in the image of god and there is freedom from self-hatred And if that is you and you're struggling with that, leadership is here for you. We would love to walk through that with you. But coming from a personal experience, there is freedom from that. There is freedom. We don't have to fake it till we make it, put a mask on and all hunky-dory. Like the Lord is not in a hurry. This first part is vital. And in even the part where it says loving your neighbor as yourself, that's vital. And I'm not saying you have to get all your ducks in the row before you go love someone. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's going to be more effective. And it's gonna, you're going to be more fulfilled. That person's going to be blessed when it's coming of a place of love and intimacy, friendship with the Lord and overflow. Um, but, yeah, as yourself. And that, that is huge, and we can't miss that. So, like I said, there is freedom from self-hatred, and there's people here that would walk through that with you. So you're not alone. Um, real quick, the word used for love here, um, you know, I would, I was going to assume I'm like, okay, I've heard of agape, agape love, um, the no strings attached, unconditional love that we receive from the Lord and we give, we're called to give to others. So actually the word love here is agapow. It's kind of a funny word, agapow. Um, it means to have a preference for. Um, to wish well, to regard, to regard the welfare of. It is to take pleasure in, to prize it above other things, to be unwilling to abandon or to do without it, to welcome with desire and to long for. So that's what he's saying, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Like it's that word agapao, to, to have preference for. Um, and and honestly, as we as we probably know, the, we've seen it. The world is cheapening the definition of love, and it's reducing it to a frivolous feeling or emotion, and to the point where, oh, I'll love you if you love me, or if you do good things to me, or if you say good things to me, and and it's reducing this love. And and plus, English only has one word for it, so 
what it's talking about here, it's so much more than that, especially the way that the Lord loves us and that's the way he calls us to love others. It's so much more than uh, just that little feeling or emotion. Um, he, he, he commands us to love our neighbors and prefer them over ourselves. And we have that responsibility to seek the greatest good of our neighbor. In Philippians 2, verses 3 through 4, Um, It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. And let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interest of others. So it's that that love that, that prefers people above yourself. So then we see that, we see that the lawyer asked, who, who, is, who is my neighbor? Um, our neighbors are all around, um, and they're, they're everywhere. And, and from what we learn um, here in a minute when we talk about it, it's, it goes cross-culturally. It goes, oh, it has no bounds. Like over, it, it crosses over racial bounds, ethnical, re- religious, you know, rich, poor, everything in between. It's everyone. And, and that's, that's, that's why, you know, if, if we invite God into the process and we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us through loving our neighbor, it's not, it's, it's not going to be, first, you don't have to feel alone, you know, um, and, and it's just, it's just that whole picture of it when you allow him to come into that process, um, so what I, what I, when you start, when you're like, okay, Lord, I really, and I, and I'm bad at it too. Like when, when, but when we, cause we, we get the hurry and we, and we start doing our daily routine and we don't see people, we don't recognize, you know, I mean, even here in a minute, the priest and the Levite, they were on a mission and to do religious duties and agendas and our agendas have to fall, you know, and they ha- we have to put them aside and we have to ask like, and you, and you, you might say like, Andrew, I re- you know, I struggle hearing the Lord. I get that. I've been there too. And I still do at times. But I, I promise when you ask him, regardless whether you hear or whatever you may see, there's going to be a peace and a direction that, that guidance from the Holy Spirit. It's, he, he's going to be there. He's not going to leave you out to dry, um, especially when you, you welcome him in. Um, so sometimes, like, when you may ask, like, Lord, how do I help this person? In this story, the Good Samaritan, like, it might be like, Lord, should I? Okay, yep, he's hurting. Okay, I'm doing it. Like, here we go. It's quick, immediate, obvious. The dude is hurting. I'm going to help him. Um, it might be like that. Or when you ask, sometimes, especially when you get the magnitude of the situation, it might take a longer explanation. The Holy Spirit might bring somebody else to help you out and show you the actual need. Um, you know, I won't spend too much time, but like when I was serving in Nicaragua, when these missions teams would go in, you know, I, I started seeing it. It's like they go in and like I said, God blesses this. And, and, and I've been a part of these teams and I've been, you know, conflicted with it. But it's like they go in with like a Santa Claus mentality and they start giving and they start building things and they don't know, they don't know what the village needs. They don't know what the people need. They, and then instead of, you know, just cowboying up and like 
guns blazing, going, doing this. Like I said, the Lord's there, there's grace. But, but before you do that, get to know the people. Ask the Lord how you do this. What's the best way to help this person in this situation? I've seen like people build like a roof for this random family in a village. And when that mission team leaves, that village is actually turning against those people that got the new roof. Because in reality, they weren't the ones who needed the new roof. It was somebody else who needs the new roof. So I'm not, like I said, I, I don't, I'm, I don't want you guys to think like, oh man, before I love my neighbor, I have to check X, Y, and Z. And, you know, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that it, all we have to do is ask. And you just go with the peace and, and, and God will direct you if you let him. Um, and it's easier to do it like that. Um, a quote from a book that I would highly recommend is, is the book's called When Helping Hurts. Um, it's by Stephen Corbett and Brian Fickert. But the quote a, a quote in this book, it's, it reads, until we embrace our mutual brokenness, our work with low-income people is likely to do more harm than good. I sometimes unintentionally reduce poor people to objects that I use to fulfill my own need to accomplish something. I'm not, I'm not okay, you're not okay, but Jesus can fix us both. That's how we need to go into these situations. And like I said, I'm not just talking about low income. I'm talking about everybody. We're, we're all in need of Jesus. We're all in need of a savior. We're all in that place where we, we need him to help us and fix us. Um, so that's why I say go and ask and have that, have that mindset. Um, we have to, like I said, choose to let go of our agendas and step into the realm of inconvenience. And when inconvenience, inconvenience, when embraced, will be the most convenient thing. I'll say that again. So inconvenience, when embraced, will be the most convenient thing. Because in Christ, as we choose to die to ourselves, prefer people above ourselves, and step into this area to love our neighbor, on the other side of that, there's a blessing. And not that we do it for a blessing, but we are fulfilled. It starts that circular, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, love your neighbor as yourself. And as you do this, it's, it's just a, it's a circular motion and it's, it's a pouring and filling. It's a pouring and filling and, and it becomes a convenient thing because you know, that's what gives you life. You know, that when you step in and as you minister to people, as you love people, as you spend time with your neighbor, getting to even know them, you, you're doing what the, the invitation says and the command says, and I promise like you're gonna be fulfilled. Um, so real quick, we're gonna set the scene. I know we've been here before. It's familiar territory, but for the sake of this morning and where we're at, I'm gonna break it down. So we've got the road to Jericho. It's a long stretch of rocky terrain, and it's perfect for robbers to hide out and operate. And it, this road was known for that. Um, so it's probably not the best place to just sit and have a snack and hang out in certain places. So the priest walks by. So this guy, he gets, he gets beaten to the place where it says, the scripture says he's half dead. So he was hurting a lot. So the priest walks by, a descendant of Aaron, who has responsibilities in the temple in Jerusalem, passed by him on the other side, showing his unwillingness to help 
or even to get involved. Then we've got the, the Levite, which he's not a priest. Levites assisted the priests. Again, passed on the other side of the road. And then we have the Samaritan, which I'm sure you guys have heard before. It's culturally, uh, at the time, culturally unacceptable and not approved of for a Samaritan to help out a Jew. It was, it was totally taboo and it's, it was not, not normal by any means. But with that, that fact, Jesus is making that point that he's calling us to get uncomfortable to jump into inconvenience, it's going to look weird. Like it may, it may take you to roads that are not safe. It may take you to areas of town that are not safe or seemingly not safe. You know, it, it's, it's, it may take us to Getty's view. It may take us, to, you know, rich places, poor, poor places, places where it's different racial backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, ethnicity and everything. God is making a huge point with the Samaritan. And I hope you guys catch that, especially with everything that's gone on in 2020 and that whole area, we've got to step in and get uncomfortable because I mean, he's asking us to. And when we love our neighbor, that's what it requires us to do. Um, we don't, we don't get to, especially where we live, we don't really get to choose our neighbors, but we don't get to choose who we're around on a day-to-day basis. It, it just, he, or, God orchestrates that. So it's leaning into him. Um, that's the one in front of you type thing, stopping for the one that's in front of you. Um, we've, heard, we've heard Jake talk about in the Just Give series. I don't know if you've, you've heard that or not, but he talked about the three T's. So he talked about time, he talked about treasure, he talked about talents, and he's talking about, you know, in that series it was giving, but in this circumstance, when we're loving our neighbor, it really kind of goes hand in hand. And so we see the Samaritan, we see him stopping, we see him caring for the man on the road, and then, then he goes to stay overnight in the inn with him and to continue taking care of him. So there's time, we see the treasure. He used his bandages, he used his oil, he used his wine to treat the wound. He used his animal to carry the man. He paid for the room. And then he gave two denarii to the innkeeper to keep caring for him. And then here's where I'm gonna add in. Um, so after we talk about, uh, pause there, we're gonna talk about he gave his talents. So this is kind of really simple, but the third T is talent. So in this scenario, Samaritan was confronted with the man who needed help. He knew how to dress a wound, so he did it. So that, that's just an example of talents. But I mean, in different scenarios, you might have to use more talents than dressing a wound. <laughs> but, um, but going off of after he gave the two denarii over, I'm going to add an additional requirement to this. And it's the commitment to follow up. Because the Samaritan says, when I come back, when I come back. So he wasn't approaching the situation as a one and done thing. It wasn't just, and like I said, I've done it myself and I'm not, I think God can bless it, but it's not just going up, throwing a dollar at a homeless person and walking away. Like we were already in a certain mindset before we dropped the dollar in the bucket, you know? And I'm not saying... I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying there's a, there's a step up from that. And I think scripture is saying that we need to approach it not 
regardless the outcome, it might be kind of like, you know, you're passing a person in the airport or the mall and a really quick circumstance happens and that's all it is. You planted a seed. But if we approach it with a commitment in our mind, like this might, re- this might require me to commit some time. And if we say yes to that, just kind of going into it, we're going to be more open for the Lord to kind of direct us. We're not so dead set on a certain agenda. Like we're, we're there, we're there to be guided. We don't know the situation. It may turn into a very quick thing, but we need to at least approach it with a mindset of asking and knowing that we might be required to commit some time, treasure or talents. Um, so yeah, relationship, discipleship, and being a neighbor, it takes follow-up and, and, you know, it, it's when you follow back up with a person you help, they're going to be like, oh, you knew my name. Oh, you, you, you remembered me. And, and he said to the innkeeper, like, I'll be back and I'll also pay whatever it takes. But this person's getting taken care of. They're going to experience the love of God for us to do that. They're going to, the person that we help, the person that we take time with, the person that we pay for, for their betterment, whatever it asks, as we follow up and we treat them as a human and not an object, putting our agendas aside, like that person that we help will be changed and they'll notice something different. They might not know the Lord and they might not know love, but they will know it after you choose to step in. So to wrap up, um, Jesus, he said, which one of these was the neighbor? And the lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. Um, Matthew 7, 5, 7 says, blessed are the merciful for they will receive mercy. So his mercy, it endures, it keeps going. Like we, we will have everything that we need to love your neighbor. We're in, we'll get filled up and we'll be shown mercy. And it's just, again, that, revol- that revolving thing of pouring out, getting filled. You're, you're gonna have what you need in the moment. Scripture says he's there for the very hour you have and what you're doing. So in conclusion, love the Lord with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all of your strength, with all your mind. And from that place of intimacy, friendship, and overflow, and we then can more effectively love our neighbor as ourselves. So as, you, as we go from here today, like my challenge to, to all of us, I'm taking it too. I'm not just sitting here talking to you guys. I'm, I'm like all, all week, I've just been, okay, Lord, yes, okay, yeah, I, yeah. So accept the command, accept the invitation the Lord is out, or the world is out there waiting for what you have and who you have. They're, they're longing for it. We have a city out there waiting for you to be fully devoted and for you to love them. And we will see change happen. We will see the world change. We will see Jesus coming and, and lives being changed. I promise you. And, and I'm excited that I, I can count myself amongst you all as a church body. I'm excited to do this with you all and do life. And man, it's good. It's really good what, what he's put in us and who is in us. So I'm gonna pray and, um, and then we can, we can get on with our day. So Lord, we love you. This is good stuff, God. It's heavy, but it's good. And, and it's, not, it's, not a, it's not a bad heavy by any means. God, I love spending time with you. I love it. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. And I, and I just, I pray for all of my friends here. And I pray for myself as well that as we go about our days, that we would choose to step into this place of one-on-one with you, getting intimacy and, and learning you and becoming a friend of you and, and having that overflow so we can go love our neighbor. I pray that you would open our eyes and you would open our hearts. You would open our minds to you and that we would receive everything that we need and that we would say yes to the people around us for your kingdom and for your sake and for your glory, not to have anything to do with us, but everything to do with you and your love. God, I thank you for my friends here. I'm so honored and humbled to know them and in this place I'm so honored to be a part of a body with them. Lord, use us individually, use us corporately. Father, pour out your spirit on us today that we may be filled and encouraged and inspired and challenged. And we just say yes to you to do what you want to do because <laughs> we love you. We put, our, we put our mind on you. And uh, yeah, God, protect us, keep us healthy, bring us back next week. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name, amen.